Good evening, everyone. My name is Brian, and today is Monday, January 16th, 2023, and this is episode 286 of the Lots Project podcast. And it's a lot to talk about with Rob Kaiser this evening. Uh, this has been a long time coming. I've been chatting with Rob for a while about coming on, and he finally uh, he finally agreed to do it. I was uh, needing someone for this this live tonight, and he was made himself available so that was very 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 nice of him um but i heard rob um i heard rob's name for quite a while in tsp communities lftn communities around um and didn't really take a whole lot of notice um and then i kept hearing his name and i kept seeing him posting in in groups and i listened to his podcast um and i really kind of connected with the way he he kind of dove into topics and stuff um, I really enjoy chatting in his group. I, I joined his group on Telegram. I really enjoy the conversations there. Um, and then privately, Rob and I have had some really, really cool conversations um, kind of on our own. And I really enjoy talking with him. So I, I really just wanted to get him on the show and have a chat. So this is kind of going to be an ask me anything um, kind of topic roundtable type of deal. And with that, I'd like to welcome to the show, uh, Mr. Rob Kaiser. How's it going, man? It's going well. I, I I very much appreciate the the opportunity to be here. I appreciate the kind words. The feelings mutual. There's a there's there's great communities out there. Yours is one of them. It's it's an honor to be a part of it. And I'm not just saying that because I'm here. But there's there's a lot of good people there. Um, you know, you're doing a lot of good stuff. A lot of good work. I like following it too. It's so I'm I'm yeah I'm I'm tickled to be here. Nice, nice. Well, I'm happy tickled. to have you. Um, I think I think. Uh, most of the people that listen to me have heard me mention you or mention your podcast, but just to start it out, I mean, who is a Rob Kaiser? And uh, then we'll we'll just start chatting. I mean, do you even know who the Rob Kaiser is? No, I thought <laughs> I did at one point, um, but you know, I've I've said before to some other people like I'm actively rewriting my life, writing a new chapter, whatever you want to call it. Um, I mean, I've got, I, I, I had a long career in the green industry and that was great and went up the corporate ladder, went back into the field, you know, found myself back in the corporate world again, just to resign from all of it, actively participating in the great resignation to help my family grow a business while trying to grow my own. And um, I guess at this point in my life, yeah, I've spent a lot of time in the in the podcast talking about finding your passion and your purpose, but I don't even I still don't know what that is. And one thing is for certain, I don't know what I want in life, but I definitely know what I don't want in life. Well, that, so, that's, a, that's a big deal, though. I mean, if you know what you don't want, at least you can just not do it. <laughs> right, right. Don't don't do those things. Uh, do the I next mean, right thing. And then. <laughs> You know, I'm a good one for crossing shit off the list, just trying it. And yeah, that wasn't it. Cross it off. I mean, that's that sounds like my last 20 years or so. So, I mean, yeah, big, I feel you. <laughs> a big thing of a, a big driver behind a lot of the decisions that I've made and then ultimately actions taken were the idea that I didn't want to reach a point in life, especially you know, advanced in age, looking back and saying, uh, I wonder what 
if. <laughs> so, you know, if I've got the opportunity, I'm going to give it a whirl. And um, uh, that's, yeah. that's, that's where we're at. I mean, I mean, I could go on and on and on and blather about all sorts of things, but like <laughs> for what, you know, I mean, just blowing out of there. I do plenty of that. Oh yeah, that's what we're here for, isn't it? That's yeah, yeah. Go around hot air. That's that's. <laughs> we have to have these shows. My wife is like, "Oh my god, I'm so glad you just go on there and talk for 45 minutes every morning, so I don't have to just listen to you by myself. Other people have to listen to it too." <laughs> yes, yes. The gratitude from Corey is strong. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so right now, uh, what are you doing right now? What are you, uh, you just working on, um, building the sauerkraut business and, and that, and the, the family farm. Yeah, we, that's, that's, that's exactly what we're doing. Um, it's slowed down, you know, the, the, I'm really still trying to figure this all out because I resigned from my day job in May and went full time, you know, did something else for a few weeks, managed to get fired from that. <laughs> and uh and then just figured like what am i doing i you know i'm just gonna go with dad we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do this and uh i'd already had my feet wet a little bit because i started working with him at a winter market last february okay and then come june we just uh within a matter of months we quadrupled production um went to a second farmer's market and then by winter, you know, we were in uh, four different four different markets and four different retail locations, small locations, got approached by a big chain, but decided to like, you know, kind of pump the brakes on that until we figure a bunch of other things out first, which was a really good decision based mm -hmm. on some recent conversations with uh, family, insurance agents, whatever. And um and that's that's what we're doing we are we're being very deliberate about the manner in which we're growing the business business is because we're gonna we're gonna split the two now um and and form form them into different entities no nice. uh, makes sense because they're two completely different product lines that we have here bath and body <laughs> products and fermented foods right <laughs> well i mean sometimes you need bath and body products after the fermented foods Especially if you're making kimchi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Stinks. In a good way, in the best way possible. But you, yeah. No, so that's 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 kind of what we're doing. I mean, the homestead is I, I'd like to say that that we're, you know, that that there's a whole lot of homesteading going on. That was that was kind of the intent, but um after doing a million different things in a million different ways, none of which were our own. Uh you know, we kind of just did, well, we meaning I just kind of was like, whoa, all right. And then <laughs> decided to take the land where we build a high tunnel. I built a high tunnel um, in 2015 through the NRCS equip program and then basically leased or I was leasing that land from my parents. So I sublet that out to someone else, kind of had a rotation of a couple different guys in here. And now we've got Cody, who's I think this is his fourth season and he's really just taken ownership of that. And, um, you know, he's a big integral part of the homestead that's actively being created right now. So, nice. um, and I, and, and, and that's cool because due to my, uh, changes with, with 
career and and ultimately income that's that's being generated or not in this case <laughs> um at least yet i'll be i'll be earning my keep with him next year instead of just paying him seed money in the winter in exchange for produce i'll be you know working with him and learning from him and uh and and, and engaging in this kind of homestead life that i always that I always thought about, but was too uh, preoccupied to actually execute on. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he's an interesting dude, man. Um, I really like the conversation you had with him on your show. Um, yeah, that's a he's kind of what I aspire to be uh, long term. He really for sure. I mean, he's he, I mean, he he he. Real. There's a lot of people that say like, I don't care what people think, and I'm just going to do my own thing. Except, we all say that, but we all really do care what other people think, and we're all really, you know, a lot of us are really self conscious, despite the 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 bravado that we project. Right. But but he's like sincerely doesn't. I mean, he's one of. <laughs> one of the most, if, if not the most authentic people I've ever known, I've got a lot of respect for him. Um, and the, and, and the way he lives his life, it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's rad, you know, it's, it's, yeah. I don't know what else to say. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, yes. Okay. That kind of goes into one of the things I had on my list barefoot. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Barefoot. All right. Yeah. So this, is, on... this is, we've had a lot of dialogue about this. Let's go there. Yeah. 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 So Corey has been barefoot now for over six months. Um, she is transitioned to all the only shoes she has is a pair of um, moccasins, uh, moose, moose skin grounding moccasins and uh, some Vibram five fingers and uh maybe some um skinners like uh shoe socks yeah and then she's had, she, she had some uh pull on wildling uh, wildlings too okay for like going to the store or whatever um yeah. but she wears mostly the vibrams uh i and she has muck boots <laughs> for Quick taking the dogs note, out in the weeds. she's got great feet man she can splay her toes like a boss i'm very oh. very jealous of that they're getting uh they're getting better like she yeah. she's been watching videos lately of people doing stuff with their feet mostly like amputees and stuff that that work only with their feet and she's like look at that they're like their fingers i wonder if i can get like that and i'm like i'm sure you can <laughs> yeah best i can do is like pick up pencils and stuff like that but like yeah she's 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 got that that going on and that's that's uh i don't know for people that are into barefooting that's that's kind of like the goal like we aspire yep. to that and she's, yeah, she's, she's, I don't know. I just had to throw that out there before we got so, into anything too deep because. Yeah. So yeah. you, you, um, went on a, a big barefoot, like you, you did running, you did barefoot running. Is that, is that what I heard? Kind of. Uh, not quite, not quite barefoot in that way, but it was, it was about as minimalist as minimalist could be. I, I was wearing, uh, like Hirachi sandals okay. and, uh, doing distance running in those. I mean, as barefoot as you can be doing distance running. I know people do it. Like I see them and I'm like, you're insane. How do your the bottoms of your feet not just peel off, but, uh, yeah. but barefoot in the sense, like when you say barefoot shoes, like you're not technically barefoot, but you're not in a running shoe 
um your your natural form of your foot is there so yeah and and the ones that i was wearing were like oh six six millimeter uh soles with just a, a simple maybe um three three eighths of an inch webbing strap kind of run okay. through my my toe and around my heel and you know very 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 simple stuff basic basic uh puncture resistant <laughs> yeah like like i mean you could but you could you could call it like like jesus sandals like that's that's that <laughs> style is kind of like right what i wore right. you know so did you have you continued have you have you gone back and forth between barefoot and not or have you just once you started have you just kind of gone that road no it's been it's been a big a big back and forth um and a lot of it was just due to due to work and and i really kind of like fell off the the barefoot wagon with my most recent job at the tree farm because uh i was you know I wore minimalist boots there like Vivo barefoot, you know, Vivo barefoot makes a, makes a great boot, uh, of all the boot style minimalist shoes. I think theirs are the highest quality. I, I've, I've worn other boots, lems and zeros and whatever, mm -hmm. and they all suck in my humble opinion. But, um, you know, they, they have a good one because the sole is very thin. There's a removable insole. But if you're in a work environment that requires boots, no one's really examining your right. footwear to that extent. So it, it can pass. Right. Um, and then uh, but, you know, the the gravel that was in the yard at the tree farm where I worked was basically for those who are familiar with stone, like it was it was lined out with fours and then you know, maybe some 57s here and there. So it was just like really rough stuff. Yep. And um, for being on that and walking around, you know, eight, 10 hours a day or more, it, it just, it's, it's, it's physically demanding on your feet. So I went oh, back to normal boots and then when possible, I, I try to be barefoot, you know, especially now here in the kitchen, I'm, I'm certainly barefoot, like all the time um, nice. there. So I, it's, I don't know. It's like 50, 50 mix now. Is it so do you, do you feel a difference? Like I, I go back and forth because like I go over and help Josh at the butcher shop. I wear boots at the butcher shop. Um, and like some days I have to have shoes on all day and like yeah. day to day, I can tell a difference like in my posture, in my mood, in my like anxiety, almost um, not anxiety as in like, um, nerve, like nervous energy, but physical nervous energy. Um, and then the days that I can spend a lot of time barefoot, I feel way different. Do you see like when you do periods on and off, do you just, do you see that difference or do you just kind of like adapt back to the, the different, the Ye shitty feeling? <laughs> yeah, it, well, so like a lot of the, the whole reason why I got into it in the first place was because I was running. I was distance running a lot at that time. And then I developed some, some knee problems and I, I tried all kinds of things to address this, this issue with my, with my IT band and some of which were effective, but then I kind of went down this wormhole of like, 
minimalist running and barefoot running and 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 zero drop which has some parallels with barefoot but a lot of zero drop shoes have you know thicker cushioning soles right, but right. nevertheless that 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 kind of um well that drop really has an impact on the mechanics of your body so if you get used to that and then you have um and then you go back to something with an elevated heel you're everything's out of kilter and you you definitely notice it you know and and yeah some of that pain will return um you know as far as like grounding and things like that are concerned um I don't know if I ever truly experienced that because even even in the minimalist shoes that I wore, they were always like rubber sold. All right. And so I don't think I ever really I really got that. And even here when I'm barefoot most of the time in the kitchen, I'm I'm on concrete or uh like fatigue mats. You should take the dog for the walk in the in the bare feet. That is that's definitely a thing for sure. Um even that's when the weather's not too not too good i think it's i think it's good to like layer up and um bundle up but have your bare feet on because it's 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 good it's it's good yeah. to do yeah i get to take these three beasts for a walk every morning and it's really nice we have trails here um that are like old they're all the the long pine needles and they all dropped on the trail so you just walk on those and it's like if i if i just avoid the cutoff stumps because man you, you stub your toe when you're walking barefoot outside and it's a little different animal than when you have shoes on <laughs> for sh for sure and <laughs> when you are barefoot like it changes the way you i mean you've got to be a lot more mindful of where you're walking and when you're more mindful of where you're walking and how you're walking you know you have a tendency to see that stuff more frequently and the whole the whole experience of being outside is very different than when you have shoes on. Um, oh yeah. I use so, my phone the whole time when I have shoes on. And when I don't, I, I stop and record the video and put it away because if I don't pay attention, I'm, I'm yeah. It's, it, it, yeah. It just, it brings a different, it just brings a different element. It's kind of like forced connectivity with your environment. And there's, there's some real value in that if you've never experienced that. Yeah. Yeah. And slowing down. Um, I walk way slower when I'm, well, I got better. I, when I first did it, I was like crawling. <laughs> it was like, I couldn't, I would be like, Oh my God, I I'll never be able to do this. Now I feel like I could jog that way, but definitely more intentional. Like you said, like watching, um, I think it was more a factor of, I used to walk right in front of my feet when I first started doing it. Now I feel more comfortable looking more three or four feet ahead. So yeah. now I can take more natural strides and stuff. Yeah. You just do, you, you, yeah, you're, you're every, everything changes, you know, you, you initially, yeah, you're kind of looking right where you're stepping, but then you sort of, as you, as you kind of grow into it, you can, you, I mean, you do that, but you're also looking ahead and kind of getting in your mind where you're going and, and how to step. And even if there are some obstacles or stones or something, you can adjust your gait to compensate for that. Or it's just a different way of, it's just a very different way of, 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 of moving and uh, something that, 
used to be innately human and natural and something that most of us don't ever or maybe never have experienced um at least since we were you know kids kids yeah you yeah you definitely have to teach yourself how to walk again yeah <laughs> you'll have to walk with your eyes like when you when you have shoes on you don't even think you you like have to teach yourself again and it's and, it's, and it's if cool. you yeah and if you don't do that then you'll you'll quickly learn that you should you'll be miserable yeah because <laughs> then you will stub your toe or you're stupid, and then you'll be like oh all right i need to reevaluate how i'm doing this uh yeah yeah for sure i've noticed it um so we talk about it in your group i talk about it in a few dif different groups about waves um kind of everything goes in waves and and the whole um energy and everything and i've really been able to feel like i've been in tune with those types of things more the more i'm ground more i'm grounding or barefoot in in contact with the earth it's almost like it there's a pulse or something like i don't i don't know how to explain it i don't know the science behind it i don't know what's behind it but i'm just experiencing it and taking all the data in and then i'll evaluate it at some point and come up with something that's i mean there's a lot to be said for that you know you can people can read all kinds of things and you know there's all sorts of studies about this and that but and i'm i'm all for that you know that's that's cool but there there one thing that can't be documented in that way is personal experience. I mean, we, we can try to do it, you know, and share or write about or talk about our own personal experience, but even that has its own limitations because we're doing our best to articulate something that's very hard to describe. And only those who have actually kind of experienced that themselves can understand what we're talking about. Right. Right. And it's, I mean, it's also a, it, you're describing it from your own perspective where if somebody else is experiencing it, they might describe it totally different. They might experience the exact same thing, describe it totally different. So they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, no, <laughs> you do. You just, you feel it different. Yeah. And then, you know, I, there's a lot just depends on your why. I mean, like right. what, what, what your objective is for doing it. And like, I, I haven't had a lot of the, the experiences that you guys maybe have because like m my whole rationale for getting into it in the first place was, or at least as far as I can tell, maybe a little bit different because I was trying to address an injury that I had. And then in the process, I discovered a lot of these other things, which were, which were cool, but it was really more about just kind of dealing with a problem and then all these other discoveries happened. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think the same can work in reverse. If your objective is to like deepen your connection or, you know, experience this grounding sometimes as a byproduct, you can notice like differences in your body mechanics and all of a sudden you're feeling better in addition to experiencing that. So it's, there's, there's a lot of cool oh, yeah. things that, and it's not just like barefooting. It's there's a lot of cool things that if you expose yourself to different things and are willing to get uncomfortable with something new and change, it opens up a lot of doors to a lot of different things.
Yep. Yep. Well, that kind of leads into another thing on my list. Um, <laughs> how about the Odd Fellows? Because I'm an Elks member. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a fraternal organization, very similar. Um, I think in in objective, um, community service, uh, community building, and that type of uh, outreach. And um, yeah, I don't know a whole lot. I've I've heard you talk about it on your show. I heard you explain it on your show. Um, tell my guests what the Odd Fellows are. Okay, so the 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 Odd Fellows is. Uh, the, the way that we describe ourselves is a group of men dedicated to giving back to the community. And it's got a, a long history. The uh, Independent Order of Oddfellows was established in the United States in 1819. And it's kind of uh, came from the Oddfellows, which is, is a fraternal charitable organization from England that dates back to like the 16th century so as you know we were kind of doing our thing here in america and they were doing their thing over there there there, there was kind of this split and um so the independent order of odd fellows is exactly that you know the the kind of key tenants are um educate the orphan relieve the distressed bury the dead and the the whole the whole gist of it historically was it was a just a group of of guides oftentimes in in the trades that provided services to the community when there wasn't institutions i.e government to provide the services for the people that needed them so they stepped up and filled that role you know um oftentimes with you know widows orphans and, and, uh, you know, people who just needed help. So, um, we like the, the reason for my involvement in, in selecting that particular organization over other local charitable organizations, the, the, at the bottom line was I wanted to get involved in my community, connect with good people. I've done volunteer work in the past, so I wanted to do some more of that, but, um, there's a bunch of organizations locally. Like there's the Kiwanis club, there's the rotary club. There's, there's a moose lodge. We don't have an Elks lodge locally. Uh, there are some up towards the big city, but, um, not, not here in Medina, which isn't a small city by any means, but there's about 50,000 people here. And I live on the outskirts of it. And, um, the big draw for me was that there's, there's two key components that are like no, no's in the odd fellows and one non-political two not secretariat which means no particular religious uh, affiliation of any kind so those at that time and still to this day are big draws for me because i i don't (laughs) wish to talk about those things with most people especially when the the objective is to do good things for those around us. I don't, I don't, I don't need to engage in any ridiculous dialogue about the bad man and the big white house or like, you know, <laughs> whose religion is better than whose. I mean, we've all got our own spiritual paths and we all have our own opinions about government. And um, when I'm giving back, I can leave that aside. I'm not interested in talking about that. So that was like, that was the big, 
those were like when I read that, I was like, okay, I'm very interested in this now. So I just right. kind of looked up what they were doing and showed up one day and and then uh I became a member a few months later. Nice. 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 And you guys do like your big thing I saw recently was the Christmas tree sales. Is yeah. that uh, so that's it? So you guys sell those and then I, I probably donate donate the money back to an organization, or is that just go into the to the group coffers or um mm, with that spread around? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, with the so yeah, we've got like we've got several several projects. Like we we manage the baby section of a local cemetery, Spring Grove Cemetery. We're the oh, caretakers nice. of the baby section. And then we do we've sold Christmas trees for at least 15 years now. And right. then with all of the funds that are raised from the Christmas tree sales, we take the kids from a local elementary school Christmas shopping every year. So Oh, nice. All of those funds go right back to the kids who are this one particular school that, you know, it's it's not in the best part of town. And uh, this was the first year that I was able to attend that or that I chose, you know, I was always able to attend it. But, you know, we all make choices and I was always too busy with <laughs> other obligations. And this year I said, no, like this is what it's all about. I'm making time for this because this is what matters. And it, you know, you, we go to the school, there's about 15 or 16 of us that go and then do this. And we get paired up with a kid and then we go to a department store and whatever they need clothes. Uh, you it's generally all clothes, like shoes, underwear, pants, shirts, stuff that they don't have. And, um, that's great man dude it's that's the fantastic. most it's the most rewarding thing i've ever done was hooking up with this little kid keon that didn't have didn't have a thing man and uh now i see why those guys speak so highly about this one event because it makes such a difference right it's fantastic yeah it uh makes you want to go cut more trees down doesn't it it, yeah. For, and that, that was part of the problem is because, uh, you, you, you know, as, 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 as times change and farms change and a lot of these Christmas tree farms are small businesses scaling down. A lot of, you know, kids don't want to take over the family business. So we can't get as many trees as we used to. So we do we do the best we can. And, you know, over the years, a lot of people don't even come and buy a tree. They'll just Donate. throw us a hundred bucks and be like, yo, just keep doing what you're doing. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's fantastic. We, the, the, the lodge has grown. The membership has grown. We, we raised over $40,000 this past year. Uh, we, we ended up donating to over 40 different charities locally. It's rad. Um, nice. it's, it's just a, you know, it's a, it's a great, it's, it's one of many great organizations that people can get involved with locally. And, you know, and if there's not a lodge by you, then maybe there's an Elks Lodge or maybe there's the Moose Lodge or whatever. There, there's so many different ways that you can get involved in your community. And I, I just I think that that's something that everybody should try to do, because what you get, what 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 we receive from giving just a little bit of our time is 
is is just beyond that which we give it's and so you got to give to receive and you know it's not like i get anything in return from it but it's i, I feel like it's paying it forward you know this is what these are the things we got to do to make the world though, a better dude. place you, you did get something from it you just oh. told me that it was the most rewarding experience that you've had in a long time you got more than yeah you i'm just talking to it. this you know i it's you know we don't do this to get paid but like oh god no god no the, the no. feel goods are 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 I mean, it's, it's, yeah, you feel good, but then you know that you're, oh, and the other thing with the Oddfellows too, is like to elevate, to improve and elevate the character of mankind. So that's, that's what we try to do, you know? Um, And, and, and knowing that you're participating in something that, that does that, that's good because, you know, we don't need to go like down this dialogue about, Oh, the world's ending and all that. But like there, you know, um, there's certainly a lot of room for more good to be had in the world. So that's, Oh that's yeah. One little oh, thing I do sure. for sure. For sure. Yeah. I, I haven't been active with the Elks. I still have membership, um, but haven't been active since I moved to Minnesota. So that would have been like 22, 23 years ago. Um, and I really see what we did there. So I was only, I grew up around it and that's why I joined the Elks. My dad was the state vice president of the Elks at one time. Um, and so I was around it my whole life. I saw what they did, but I didn't think it was, I just thought that's what people did. So like, I was always at the events where they were doing the kids events, the hoop shoots and the soccer shootouts and, um, putting the flags up at the VA cemetery and putting it on the, on the drive to the VA and giving blankets to the veterans. Like that was stuff that I thought everybody did. <laughs> like, cause I grew up around it. I saw it. Like it was just this group of people that I happened to be around doing this. I thought other people did that too. Um, so now being out of it for 20 years and looking back and hearing you talk about it, it kind of rekindles like how good that felt. And I didn't even know it. Like I didn't know, why it was just normal for me but i always felt really good about doing that stuff and i mean i wasn't stupid like i knew we were volunteering but i didn't think it was unusual for people to do now i see that like it takes a group of people you have to consciously go out and find someone that's doing that anymore like yeah like helping people well and that's you know that's the thing like a, a, a lot you know generations ago it, it was far more commonplace to grow up in a scenario like you just described because a lot of people did this and for, for, for all sorts of reasons, none of which I can like say with specificity, but like for a lot of reasons, membership in, in, in a lot of these different organizations, fraternal, charitable, whatever they've, they've just declined and. Well, they turned you know, into I, a shit show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that we, I, I think that the decline of community involvement, direct community involvement in this way is kind of represented in uh, society in the way that it is. And, and um, I think a lot of, I think a lot of things would change if a lot more people took steps to not, not just get involved in the Elks or like in the odd fellows, but just do something like get out of your own world, give back and 
make the world a better place. I mean, it sounds kind of cliche and corny, but it's true. It's very true. And I believe I mean, it. Walk, walk down the street to your neighbor's house and just knock on the door and be like, hey, what's going on, man? <laughs> like, well, even something as stupid as like what happened today. Like I, I took my dad to the hospital for a secondary procedure on his hand because he's got this deputrin's contracture thing. And there was a dude that was leaving the parking garage as we were walking into the hospital and he he was all upset because the 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 machines that operate the gates mm -hmm. only take cards he only had cash but there was no one around actually manning the the station to 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 address this situation so i ran over there and said hey dude i got you you know threw my card in and you know I, he gave me his four bucks, but I was just happy to help him out regardless, because that's what you do, right? Like, that's what you should do. Just do the next right thing. What, what did it take? It took an extra 60 seconds of my day. And, and it, and, and you know what, it probably, that dude, um, probably told someone about it and I hope it, the cycle continues. Like, yep. this is just how it should be. Yep. Yep. I'm not yeah, tooting my own horn sure. saying like, I'm some like, awesome dude but just like it well, doesn't I mean, have to are, be any big thing. Awesome open dude, doors bro. for people like do nice things for people just be a good person it doesn't take that much work you you are you you are a pretty awesome dude though. so you can say that eh, i won't <laughs> <laughs> i'll say it i'll say it for <laughs> you rob, rob is an awesome dude and yeah. not just because he holds the door open for someone <laughs> no we're both good people with doing good things. And that's why this is, I, that's why this is already a good conversation because like we recognize that in other people and encourage others who might not to do these things. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a question for you. This one's going to make you think I'm, I'm guessing, I hope it does. So what, uh, how did I have it written here? I got to even see it because I, I, I thought about it so good. Um, so I'm curious what's piquing your interest right now. So if you could only <laughs> contemplate one thing for the next week and you had the freedom to just, the next week was open for you to just contemplate one thing for the full next week, what would it be? my spiritual journey <laughs> yeah nice nice yeah are you in the midst of one or are you on a lifelong one or uh... yeah it's been a it's been one for at least two i'll just say two decades i'd, I'd like to say it goes back to like when i was 14 but at that point it, it was more rebellion than anything else. Right. But since my early twenties, that's when I really started, started seeking something deeper Out. and more consciously. Nice. How's it going? Well, good. It, just like anything else. Um, when, when we put in the work and, keep uh, i don't want to say keep our expectations low but ultimately do the work 
with an open mind and an open heart, then the, <laughs> the, 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 you know, your expectations are exceeded beyond your wildest dreams. And, and, uh, that path looks different for everyone and maybe it's not important for everyone, but if I had just a free week where I knew all my obligations were going to be taken care of, I'd be diving even deeper into that and spending more time on it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Nice. I I went down the rebellious route when mom said I didn't have to go to Sunday school anymore. And I said, see ya. Um, but then they told me that I could go to, they would take me anywhere I wanted to go. So you know, I explored it all and like more into college when I had a bunch of friends that were all a bunch of different religions and, and, um, no, I wouldn't even say religions. Cause I went to school with some, uh, some hippies that were uh, just spiritualists and right. you know, I kind of, I kind of went all over with everybody and I was like, it's all the same. It's all what you make it. So that, yeah. I, that, that's what I've been picking back and forth over my life. Um, no, I, I, I don't want to say I struggled with addiction or anything like that, but I have a very addictive personality. So when you, that. when you, when you get to the point, like I don't usually ever have a problem quitting. Like I'm a, I'm a cold Turkey type of guy. Um, but I always in relationships before my, my current wife, let's just say that people always thought you had to go to treatment or had to go to AA or whatever the, the addiction of the month was instead of addressing like why I was doing what I was doing. Um, so I would go to them and, you know, you hear all the, the sayings and the higher power and stuff like that. And we had this discussion the other day. Um, that word really turns me off because of that. Um, yeah. So exploring around that without actually taking that model is kind of where where I've had to go. And I'm getting more into it. And I think I think the grounding and the barefoot has really brought me back to that spirituality side of things and understanding that. So I got you. I got you. It's a long, strange trip, man. <laughs> it, it is for sure. I mean, it. Uh, I'm, I'm no stranger to all of those things that you mentioned as well. Uh, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, several of them. Um, and it is interesting how one of the core components is that which you mentioned. And it's exactly that, you know, that, that journey looks different for every person, but if that is something that you're seeking, you get out what you put in. Yep. There's no different than anything else in life. Yep. You get yep. out what you put in, you know? Uh, and, garbage yeah, in, and garbage I, I, out. Yeah, and I totally get the need for a structure and all of that stuff, and that's just the opposite of me. So mine, so I am definitely not an organized religion guy. Um, that that kind of tosses it out the window for me, just because it's organized, <laughs> right? Um, so I have to seek something else, and so yeah, it's it's it it's, it's interesting though that that you that you feel like a little, a little taste of that just through something as simple as going barefoot. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, I think just that simple, that simple observation says a lot about being barefoot. Yeah. I think, I think it says a lot to me about nature too, and how much nature is involved instead of, 
you know, we look we look at at history and we look at the way people made up religions um and the religions that we scoff at and you know stuff stuff like that oh they thought they thought that the sun came because of this god or this and that well it was all nature related so how could could all religions be based on just nature natural phenomenon that have been attributed to other things i think it's hard to argue that all religions aren't right <laughs> i but, mean uh, a lot of people argue that they that no 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 well it's a fruitless <laughs> argument it's mental masturbation you know like right what's like i mean we 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 could we we could we could debate uh you know what's right or what's wrong but to what end like what right. like what's the point you know um i don't see one so that's that again like kind of going back to the odd fellows the fact that that was kind of strictly prohibited in the lodge at least like while conducting business that was a that was a big deal to me because like Absolutely. i'm just not interested in that like <laughs> I want, I'll do my thing and you do your thing. And that's, that's cool. Like I'm going to appreciate where you're at, but please don't shit on me for doing what I do because like, I don't like, do you do you and, and let me do me. And that's like, can we just still not be friends while we're really? doing different things? Like I, but a lot of people can't do that or won't do that. Right. And that's stupid. Right. Yeah. We got our mail. Um, we got a big, thing of our forwarded mail today and oh. uh we got a jehovah's witness letter in the mail huh i think that because of covid maybe they went stopped knocking on doors and started mailing out things i don't know but it was like addressed to like handwritten and uh and oh, really? a handwritten note inside yeah and then the pamphlet and stuff like that i was like interesting <laughs> it's interesting that it's handwritten because yeah. not a lot of people do that anymore. Um, well, I think they think they have to take the time to devote. I think I think that's part of like the maybe it's a, a way that they can do that in the in okay. the hard times. Yeah, I don't know anything about that other than like what people talk about when they show up at the door and um, and and people who actually engage them in conversation. Uh, I've heard some I've heard some fun stories about people who do people who are actually familiar with scripture and then oh, they'll yeah. really get some, get some mind bending things going on. And that, then, then all of a sudden they'll leave. Cause they're like, Ooh, I don't think we're going to reach this guy. So uh, good talk. See ya. <laughs> I used to just talk bullshit with them about random shit. Cause I was, I was a bartender and I had to be able to randomly talk to anyone. So yeah. um, being able to open the door and invite somebody in to talk to them and just have a conversation with them. Um, I, they weren't changing my mind. I knew that. And I hope that they knew that, but we would just have a bullshit session. <laughs> I've never encountered one of those guys in real life. I mean, I I've oh. seen them on the streets and stuff because I think at least I, I presume that's what they were. You know, they're wearing like dark colored pants and a white, white shirt or something and oh, that, that might have been walking um, around or um, latter-day saints that okay yeah i i, I talked I to them too we had we had I, a big we had a pretty big mormon population in western new york where i grew up because that was like palmyra was there and the whole uh tablet pageant thing and 
Yeah. That's, even that's even though I've explored a whole lot, there's like, there's, there's far more that I'm ignorant about than I know about. And, and I just like, I, I'll readily admit that, I, that, that that's, that's part of what makes it fun. But part, part of the, part of the challenge in talking about it with people is people don't want to admit their ignorance. They just want to proselytize or like prove to you that their thing is right and your thing is wrong and there you, there's no dialogue there it's just it turns yeah. into a one-sided conversation and i'm like i'm out like, i've i've been it. lucky i've been lucky over my life to run into a lot of people of a lot of different religions a lot of different political uh persuasions that will engage you um that will have a conversation with you and they they know going into it you ain't going to change my mind. I ain't going to change your mind. I just want to know what makes you tick and why you think that way. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that you're ever going to tell me anything that will make me think that way. Cause I just, it won't happen, but I'm curious why you think that way. And that's okay. And, and I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to have several different people through my life that I've been able to have those conversations with and get a deeper understanding of what they're doing. But, I mean, it didn't persuade me, but hey, I understand now more. But those and 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 you know, if you can if you can find the people that are willing to talk about that stuff and 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 do so openly without judgment or some, you know, objective of persuasion or something, some oftentimes those conversations can be the most rewarding because both parties come out learning something that either they were unaware of or a perspective was shared with them that they previously didn't have. And it's, you know, a lot of good can come from it, but, you know, unfortunately, they're I few don't and think far a between. lot of people operate like that. Yeah. They're very few and far between. And it seems over the last decade, they've become even fewer and far between. Everything has been super polarized and it's just amped everybody up, even even unintentionally. And it's it's sad to see because a lot uh, you just can't have a conversation anymore with anybody uh, without qualifying it. If you're left or right or um, LGBT supporter, like, oh, OK, let's. Yeah, can we just ideology is personal ideology has just gone through just just gone through the roof and uh and it's not so much that ha people have this particular set of beliefs about said ideology but that ideology becomes that person and then uh, all hope is lost at that point like you, you there's no you you once that happens it, yep. there's no it's <laughs> It's over. What so? What do you think caused that shift in society? I I know what I think. I I contemplate it often. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? What you think caused that shift to the the super ideolo ideologue ideologue? <laughs> I can almost spit it, spit it out. So. <laughs> uh, I I think if anything. It was and is the the way the changes in which we communicate with people and which is largely driven by the Internet and ultimately kind of reached a pinnacle with social media.
and <laughs> you know because because it, it and this kind of harkens back to something i talked about recently this me-centered society which in, instead of utilizing the internet as a platform to engage in dialogue with other people about things it became more of a platform to demonstrate all the things that we're doing as individuals and then other people find those of like mind and then glom onto that and it just becomes this conglomerate kind of echo chamber thing where when that happens frequently enough like we we just become accustomed to that being normal except it's it's like the antithesis of normal it's the antithesis of everything that human that being human used to be right. so i just don't i don't think that we're as humans properly equipped to deal with all of this in the way that we're exposed to it so it's like having this weird impact on it that we don't wholly understand yet but we're beginning to see the ramifications of it now nice yeah <laughs> i agree i concur um for sure i think it definitely has a lot to do with um it started with uh taking pictures of your dinner every night um <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. yeah like who gives a flying fuck what you're having for dinner <laughs> yeah and, it I, evolved. I, and i mean i sit here saying that as as part of my brand is I, i'm just documenting my life but i think i have something valuable to document right it, but there's it, you're it's it's one thing to just like document for the sake of documentation and then have that be be the end all and be all of what you're doing however like you've as far as I can tell from the very beginning and even before maybe you even started, there was a clear objective. You know, this is the lots project living outside the systems. There you, you are. Know, we were, were, and, and that's it. You know, it's, that's what we're doing. And yeah. documentation is a part of that, but it's not all of it. Right. Right. Yeah. I lost you for like 30 seconds, I think. Uh oh. <laughs> I'm sure it was very wise and uh in depth for what you what you said. <laughs> uh no, I, I just I, I was basically the gist of it was like, you know, you you had made some comment about yeah, I have this opinion, but the like oh, it's what the I'm documentation doing. is is exactly what I'm doing. And I just said yeah, but you know, as far as I can tell from the very beginning, you had a very clear and identified objective, which oh, is yeah. the lots project living outside the systems and documentation, of course, has to be a part of it. But it's without a doubt, it's not the only part of it. There's oh, right. there's there's many more components to that that make it what it is, whereas right. other people just document for the sake of documentation and they don't really know what they're doing or why. Whereas you do know your why. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And that the, hey. the why is a big deal. <laughs> it, I mean, it is. It really is. Um, yeah. Yes. Yes. For sure. Um, the aimlessly posting um, 
uh, it's attention. It's attention. Like I'm not, I mean, I'm doing this to get eyes for the means of hopefully getting enough eyes to bring in some money to doc, to, to fund this. Um, I'm not starved for attention. Like if I won a million dollars, I would happily. And somebody said, or if I had the money where I didn't have to make a living doing this to do this. And they said, Oh, you, you just don't do your podcast and we'll give you the money to go do it. Okay, cool. Whatever. Like, I don't need the attention. I need the attention to, to fund the, the adventure. (laughs) And I think that was something that, um, and one of the and and some of the dialogue that we had back and forth was, you know, what like that million dollar question, like what would you do if you had that? What would you do differently? And you know, if you can say, if you ask yourself that question, anybody out there listening, if you can ask yourself that question and say, well, I really wouldn't, I really wouldn't do a whole lot differently, then you're doing pretty good. Right. Doing pretty good in life, you know, because not a lot of people will say that. Oh, yeah. They want to go retire on a on a desert or retire on a beach or buy an island. I'm like, dude, I just kind of want to buy a different RV and yeah. do the same, do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I kind of want to level up my current situation so I can do the same thing <laughs> yeah. better. Yeah. Uh, less less worries or uh... yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure. bring more people in make it a make it make it make it make it make it make it what i wanted it to be from when i started i mean yeah uh yeah that's a yeah. great question i think a lot of uh, that's something i think a lot of people should just think about is like if i just had if i just had this this stream of money like what what would i do well okay so you don't but what are you going to do to help get you there in the interim play the lottery of course <laughs> i gotta go play the cum line in in vegas all night long <laughs> hey what is is kino a thing down there uh i don't know in texas i know we had um we had the kino bars in minnesota at the casinos and then they started getting electric gaming in there uh, but we used to have fucking bar Kino in New York when I bartended out there. Yeah. Quick draw. Oh man, dude. It was such a nightmare for a bartender. Oh, <laughs> all, these, I... all these gambling addicts sitting in a bar on Friday night and the, the, the thing would run every two minutes. The, oh. the drawing would run and you had to feed them in like the full uh, fill out lottery tickets. So you got all these drunk assholes that are like gambling addicts throwing these tickets at you and they're all like scribbled on like they're hammered and they're like got beer all over them. So you're trying to run them through the machine and none of them are fucking working and they're screaming at you because their numbers came up and oh, dude, what a fucking nightmare. Yeah, I was never really familiar with that thing, but it started becoming more and more prevalent around here. And so I would just like sit back and kind of observe this. And like, see exactly what you're talking about, and just, just like, kind of like shake my head to myself, like, oh, oh dude, man, it was what a, madness. a mess. It was madness. The other one was the pull tabs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I'll play, I'll play, uh, Corey and I, if we'll go out to dinner or whatever, if we got a 20 bucks or whatever, we'll throw 20 bucks at it just for shits and giggles. Every once in a while, we'll pay for dinner that way or whatever. Um, if we have it, we never intentionally take money to do that, but whatever. I would, when I bartended in at the Elks Lodge in New York, 
um, they had they had bell jar, they had uh, pull tabs, and you sold them over the bar as the bartender, and cashed them in and did the whole thing. I literally had guys come in on Friday afternoon and float checks for their whole fucking paycheck playing pull tabs by like nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, yeah, that's a thing. That's a, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a real, I'm I like, never, dude, you do like, realize this is like a losing bat. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you had mentioned like, you know, past and addictive personality. I get that. But like, that's one dance I never really did was the whole like gambling dance. And man, I'm great. I'm great. I mean, I'll play, can... poker. I'll play poker all night long. I'll, I'll lose, I'll lose more money than I probably should and not break a sweat over it just because I'm playing the game. And that's part of the game is, is the monetary part of it. Um, but yeah, I never got into the play pull tabs till I'm $400 in writing a check. Hopefully I win a 500 so I can break even for the night. Yeah. Like, fuck. yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, that, 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 that can be, that, that, that's a weird road, man. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's scary to watch. And that's probably why I never got that way with, with the gambling part of it. Um, yeah, I, I like to play cards. At what um, okay on a completely different note like at what point at what point did you stop actively bartending um i was in my mid 20s late 20s was there um, any particular reason why um because of my ex-wife and a kid and um they didn't she didn't really like the fact that i was working out and her dad offered me a job at a place he was working so okay I was over it. I was peopled out for sure. By that point, um, I, I worked a lot between, I started actually a little earlier than I was legally able to, uh, at like 17 ish, ish, um, messing around with it and then up through college and stuff like that. So I did a lot for almost a decade and it was enough people for me at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta suck a lot of ass to make a lot of money bartending. Uh, a lot of people that you really wouldn't talk to. A lot of you have to be nice to a lot of people that you really didn't want to be nice to, just because those people have money. <laughs> right. I, I imagine. I imagine after after some busy nights that you're just you're just drained emotionally because like because of that exact reason. Yeah. You got to play yeah. the game. You know? Well, and I, you know, you're. Uh, if you do it for any length of time and you say you're not a functioning al alcoholic, that's, that's just, <laughs> that's, that's silliness. Um, <laughs> either, either you're getting hammered after you're getting hammered while um, nobody deals with that much fucking drunk people without drinking themselves. Like, yeah, you either, you either hold it up and you do it after. I mean, there, I'm sure there's the rare occasion that there isn't an alcoholic bartender, but I didn't know any. <laughs> <laughs> some of them wouldn't claim it most of them would and most of them tell you they're pretty drunk right at the moment <laughs> i had i had a gig a day gig once at a hulahan's restaurant um so i opened so i did all the day prep and then i prepped for the night uh during the day and um <laughs> so i had a whole bar top of uh day lunch customers and then half the bar i told them if i'm doing this i'm waiting tables too so i would have for the lunch rush i would have half the tables in the bar section 
and a server would have the other. I'd have the pole bar top and then making drinks and stuff like that. And all day I would drink my coffee. I'd get a coffee on the way in and I would refill it with the house coffee. Yeah. <laughs> And I'd be running my ass off. I'm running around. My my boss was super cool. He, uh, the GM, um, would sit and drink with us after work. And he's like, how the hell do you do all that? I was like, well, I, I, I worked in a lot busier places than this fucking place before I came here. This is like, I moved to Minnesota and you guys don't believe me the places I work. So I have to take what I can get. <coughs> so he's like watching me watching me watching me he, i ended up leaving the job and i was and he invited me to play in a golf tournament with me with him and he's like he's talking to me he's, so how much did you really drink while you were at hula hands i'm like what i said i didn't drink anything there i said that was easy that was daytime i was still probably drunk for the night before he's like yeah but you would drink coffee all day was that really just coffee in there? Or were you dosing yourself all day? And I was like, oh, no, I never drank until the evening shifts at other places, John. I said, that was just straight <laughs> coffee all day. Because did you see how many tables I had all day? I had to be able to run around. But he just naturally assumed that I was drinking all day. I think that's like a GM kind of just assumes all their bartenders are drunk. Yeah, and I I, I, I guess I guess that's pr- probably... I mean, like you said, it's probably the norm. It's uh, yeah. just it's part of the part of the part of the deal, you know. Maybe not anymore. I don't know. That was that was a while ago. Like things change. I I was very surprised. Um, what the hell? I was uh, something that had changed immensely recently, and it just slipped my mind. Where I'd, I had been, uh, I had been immersed in something, and it, and the culture had just changed. I don't know. I'll think of it later. I'm sure, probably an hour after we end this thing, <laughs> I'll be like, "Oh, Rob, I'll be texting you and on Telegram, I'll be like, dude, it was this." <laughs> that, oh. the, the, those are those are oftentimes all the good things that that just the like the spur of the moment, like ah, thoughts. Yep, yep, that's a cool thing, you know. Um, I mean, out you know, we, you know, there's all these, there's all these different communities, like, especially, especially within telegram. And one, one nice thing that I've noticed more so in and with these different telegram communities than opposed to other social media platforms is it seems a lot easier to, uh, what I'm trying to say, like, have a have have a more personal intimate relationship with someone because i've had a lot of one-on-one dialogues with a lot of different people and i i don't know what do you think it is about i mean i I presume you've had similar experiences too do you think it's do you think it's the platform itself or the people that are using it or both or like Um, why is that well I think you and I attract, um, I think you and I attract stimulating conversation on a personal level because we're willing to talk about a lot of things in a public arena. So I think a lot of people that maybe aren't comfortable talking about something like that might feel open to approach us. And that's, those are the people we're surrounding ourselves with in our communities on Telegram. But I think Telegram as a, a platform itself lends itself to that because of the way it's ordered they're all everything's together. So if I send you a message, if I post a message in your group, and then I post a message in my group, and then I send you a message, and you pull that up, um, they're all right in a row. 
like it seems like uh, other platforms, it's like a news feed or a group and then private chats are over here. They're in a separate tab. They're in a separate area where Telegram, it's it's like a total feed there and it's the newest thing, but it's intermixed between groups and private and channels, um, which which opens equally to like, I don't have to go talk in groups and then go seek out a conversation in another area. It's all right there. Yeah. Yeah. So just maybe overall ease of use and, and yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. I, I, I guess I never really, never really thought about it that way. Maybe I haven't really thought about it period. I don't know. Just kind of (laughs) observations made. I don't, I don't think about a lot of things, honestly. I just, I do, but I don't. And some of the things I think about, I wonder why. And oftentimes the things that are brought to my attention that I should be thinking about, I wonder why I don't. Josh, Josh says uh, Telegram is far the best social media right now. You can consciously connect with your people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's, yeah. Um, I've tried to get into discord. Ain't my deal. It's too much. It's, I like it if there's something very specific that I want to find and I know people there that so it's it like it has its place and uh, I don't think people like you and I are like the optimal uh, (laughs) discord user but I I use it for but it's like it's it's yeah there's it's it's pretty chaotic and there's a lot to keep up with i yeah i i I can't spend that time on a social media i i'm just starting again to get into twitter a little bit i got into it a long time ago um and then was on hiatus and then you were bringing up like the trending twitter on tuesday and i would just like laugh and i'm like yep that's why i'm not there exactly (laughs) it but then but then i started from scratch with a new account and i just started following people that i was interested in and not the bullshit that's Mm -hmm. there and it um it's worked yeah, Sorry, I, I, I did a, the same I thing. A, I mean, I got I, a ladybug on my microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I opened a Twitter account in 2009 and sort of fooled around with it for a little bit and then took was away from it for years. And then once I went back and s- engaged a little bit to get the algorithm working, there's there's some value there. But but yeah, if you it the potential to you know, get involved and go down some weird wormholes is very high. And it's, uh, it's a, it's a hot dumpster fire, you know, that, that, that's really, and I, I read some statistic recently about the number of, of bot accounts on there is just like really, really, really high, like way higher than I thought it might be some, somewhere to the tune of like 80% or something. And I thought, Oh, wow. Like, wow. Really? I, uh, I utilize, uh, I utilize Twitter now with lightning actually, and do sats for likes on different posts. So basically huh. I go and set up a thing where I'll pay people 10 Satoshis per retweet and up to like 200 re- retweets. And there you go. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's like an a, effective mechanism to get the thing going for you and working in your favor. 
Well, and you can do follows on there. You can do retweets. You can do likes. You can do comments. You can do YouTube followers. You can Interesting. do yeah, Twitch. I think they do Twitch stuff. Um, but yeah, like I'll throw, I, I did some testing with uh, some affiliate stuff where I was putting up affiliate posts uh, like on Twitter, uh, whatever this product is, blah, blah, blah. And then having it retweeted 200 times and seeing where the clicks were compared to if I just posted it. Um, obviously, you can see the metrics in Twitter on how many impressions and all that stuff. But I was like seeing on the back end on the affiliate side, what was happening. And it was an interesting, it was interesting, some things. So the problem is the people that are are giving you your retweets, you're at the mercy of their followers. Um, and a lot of them are all crypto centric because they're advanced enough to be on sats for likes and finding them. So all their stuff is crypto. So when I post something for barefoot shoes and they like blast it out to all their people, well, how many crypto guys are into barefoot shoes? Like you're, you're not really, you're not really, unless you're targeting crypto stuff now fold, that was another story. Um, I put up on a referral link for fold that you got 50,000 sats for a new signup and I sats for liked it for 5,000 sats and got three signups out of it. So for 5,000 sats, I got 150,000 sats, hmm. it, but it's yeah. not every time that was like, and now I'm kind of tap that market out cause everybody's using it now. <laughs> But it was a it was a nice play. I tried it a couple times and saw how it worked. Um, it was really good the first one, and then everybody it's the same two hundred people that are really gonna retweet it. So, yeah, it's 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 interesting when I when I when I recently went back and I I kind of have kind of fallen off the Twitter wagon again, um, that for whatever reason, no particular reason at all. But there there were certain people that, um over the past few years, a handful of people that I was interested in their work and I stumbled across it at somewhere, but that was like the only social media platform that they used. So if I wanted to follow what they were doing, I kind of default had to re-engage Twitter. And that it's interesting because, you know, people that are, some people are just like into it and they're Twitter people other people, you know, dance with it along with all the other social medias. And then some people are just like anti-Twitter. No, not just not into it. So it's a very, uh, I think of maybe, I don't know. I, I'm inclined to say of all the social media platforms, um, maybe Twitter's like the most, uh, polarizing or something, you know, or, 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 people feel the most strongly about perhaps would be a better way to, to say it. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of, if you've used it, you either love it or hate it. I think, I think it's really, I don't think there's a middle ground. Like, I mean, I guess I am the middle ground. I, yeah, I, I was go just going to say, that's where I'm at. Like, eh. it's a tool. It's a tool. It's uh it's a tool to get some eyes. It's a, a tool to kind of get a pulse on things. Um, like you said, there's people there that I follow that that's the only place they are. So if I want to, um, I got in the habit more of seeking information out instead of just scrolling through my feed. Yes. Like I'll go more to my um, follow list, click on somebody's name and see what they've been posting 
as opposed to scrolling through my feed and reading the fucking conglomerate of all the bullshit that's in a row. Yeah, that's a super way to waste time and get lost and just to like enter the world of the absurd. But if you use it deliberately, like, yeah, there can be some cool stuff and value there. No, nah, right. I guess just like anything else, you know. <laughs> all how you use it tiktok you you dump tiktok i uh i've really uh started trying to tune in and use that for uh for good <laughs> that's it yeah tiktok is an interesting thing man because i have some friends who like real life friends you know like real 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 people friends real like real people like, yeah you know that you know friends that go way back in time you know friends i've had for 25 years and um and it's 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 interesting because we'll just say that uh we have different perspectives about um uh, politics and uh uh you know, governments and things like that. And, um, and, and with that said, uh, a few of these guys will just like refuse to use TikTok because China, you know, and, and but yet their political leanings are like, not what one would associate <laughs> with that. And, and I tried to, you know, just in like friendly dialogue, I was like, dude, they're like, oh, they're tracking you. And I was like, look, man, if you have a smartphone and just period, full stop, if you have one of these things and you think that somehow makes you safe because you're not using TikTok, like, I'm sorry. I just, I can't. So, and that, that, I don't know. I just, I, I, I think it's interesting. I see the value and definitely people who put the time into it get the re desired return from it because it has a lot of potential because it's so new. Um, I just decided that I wasn't going to, those, you know, cause those I'm guys, lazy, posted, those guys but... posted that stuff about China on Facebook, didn't they? Cause Facebook doesn't steal any of your stuff. No. <laughs> right. 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 So the, the whole thing is just like, all right. Dude, what? Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's, the China yeah. thing just drives me up the wall. I'm like, so yeah i i don't i don't know i uh it, it's uh, interesting though tiktok is yeah. interesting for sure um uh it i yeah like i said it just i was like maybe i'll return to it i'm not sold on anything i changed my mind like yeah. a lot of people change their toddlers <laughs> diapers or whatever like <laughs> what's your good. uh so besides telegram and uh what else do you use social media it, uh, Twitter, lately, a whole lot of nothing, really. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I have Facebook accounts. I really need to engage in the social media thing more be, on account of the farm and all that, along with the newsletter and stuff like that. But I've just that, like all that's taken a backseat. But I'm, I'm realizing now because we had some online orders come in today and. And I'm, I'm, it just dawned on me like, chill, you know, and probably get a lot more online orders if I actually like did stuff online work in and like, yeah, did things online. So, um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I even, I have accounts on all the things, uh, I haven't actively engaged in all the things. 
Um, and I guess right now I'm actively engaging in none of the things except Telegram is the one where I'm predominantly at. But I, I realize it would be in my best interest and the best interests of the various businesses that I'm engaging in to actively engage those things deliberately uh, because that's what people do. And uh, that's just the reality of life now. So um, I'm expanding niches at the moment. So like I really it was I felt very comfortable in the TSP communities um, in the homesteading prepper. That's where I came from for nine years before I did launch this. Yeah. So now I'm 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 kind of expanding niches into nomad full time RVers, um, outdoors, like all the stuff with all of our stuff, like the dogs, the grounding, the barefoot um, and finding those people i'm finding i'm having to go back towards the more mainstream social media um the survivalist anarchist crowds that i run in obviously run in alternative social media because they understand what the fuck is going on on mainstream but the majority of my new listeners need to be coming from places that are mainstream because if you're an RVer and you're an anarchist, you probably heard me talk or mentioned or talked. I've talked to you in one group or another. I know you're, I've seen your name, like the communities that are both so small and then the overlap is even smaller. Um, so I'm finding I'm, I'm really struggling to make a plan to make the Facebook page more um, to work at it more since I shut down on it so hard because I despise them. But it's a, is it a means to ends for growth wise, not necessarily me staying there, but people from there while engaging them there. Yeah. And my question is, are, are you, are you seeking out these, these different communities, these different niches as a part of the lots project? Or like, do you have little, little different like sub projects going on? Uh, with because well, I know you've got the 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 um oh cripes there's a name for it but with the tombstone thing oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah, I mean it's um, so are, are the like different things or is this all part no, of no it'll all be part of it um so like as we've gotten on the road I've started talking a lot more about traveling and like I'm not talking about homestead stuff there's a there's an untapped potential there for a lot of different markets with what I talk about and um i don't find those communities necessarily in our circles i mean we do we have tsb nomads and like there are people in these communities but there's a lot more out there too <laughs> for sure and the nomad thing the, the the that concept i think has has grown tremendously especially with you know digital nomads over yeah. the past few years since you know the big the big thing a couple years ago uh, so yeah, that's, that's smart. You know, it, it would, it would, it would be unwise if you weren't doing that. So to try and integrate and bring more people in, it's just like a sensible thing to do. Yeah. Without now I'm doing these interview things. This is pretty cool. Like yeah. what we're doing here, but, uh, I, uh, joined that pod match service and 
just the wide variety of topics I'm going to be interviewing on is just it's, what's that? What's I don't know what that is. Tell me a little bit about that. I'm curious. Okay, it's a service, so <laughs> you can sign up as a podcast host or a podcast guest or both. It's a paid service, um, and they have a basic and a premium level of of both styles or all three, I guess. Um, for the basic level as a podcast host, I pay $6 a month. Um, and I go in and I fill out a profile about me, uh, my podcast and whatever blurb, this, that, and the other thing. Uh, and then you fill out a bunch of, I think it's 10, uh, hashtags of who your ideal guest is. Like you, you write a blurb about who your ideal guest is, but then it functions through hashtags. So, okay. Um, say I want to talk to somebody about Bitcoin, I would put like Bitcoin, cryptocurrency, BTC, like all the things, uh, blockchain, then it goes through the database of guests, and it, it matches you and they come to your inbox, depending on what level you're at, you get so many per hour, or four hours or whatever. So it's like, but I mean, literally, I'm booked with interviews through March two nights a week sweet cool uh, for, for six bucks a month and, and is this a go ahead and they're targeted like i get to i get to target what genre of person who it is and then um when you match you can start you can look at their profile it's almost like a dating service for fucking podmat for interviews yeah that's so with can you can you go in and adjust those settings and tweak your hashtags? Oh, very cool. Very and cool. that's what they said. Um, so I started using it. And there's, of course, there's like the 15 uh, tutorial videos on the side uh, that I didn't watch. And I just, you know, whole hog went in and did my thing. <laughs> um, so then I, uh, I, I went through my matches one day and I had them cleared out and like I didn't have anything else to do. So I was like, oh, I'll check out these educational videos <laughs> it was like two weeks in and like the second video was how to effectively use tags to find your perfect guest and basically he said hunt for one guest at a time don't cast a large net like target okay. a guest or a type of guest and and get that person booked and then go in and whole wholesale change your right all on. of them and find another guest and so i was like oh well, I was already booked out, but now that I am booked out far enough, I can now cherry pick and take some time to pick guests. That's neat. That's a very, I, yeah. very cool thing. I, I, uh, yeah, well, that, I mean, other... that seems, that seems fair, especially if you've got, I mean, you know, something like this where, I mean, you've, you've, you've already got an established content base that, that's growing, you know, you yep. hit these subscriber benchmarks um yeah do that that's uh now, the that's other very side, very cool the other side is you can sign up as a guest uh right. that's in the that's in the 20 dollar ish a month um but here's what i'm planning on doing is as i get all my stuff in line um consulting wise all the different services i want to offer um and I get more time when we kind of take off and I'm not, I'm not helping Josh. Um, and I got to fill all this time in, I might pay for a couple of months and book as many interviews as I can talking about the stuff that I'm offering for $26 a month. If I can get on 26 podcasts recorded in a month, I mean, for really, sure, just to, that's to, worth $26. <laughs> absolutely. Because that's, 
Um, I mean, I'm no guru. I've, uh, I, I've done the, I've done Jack to like grow my own show, which is why it is what it is. It's just this thing that I do and whatever, but it to, to, to grow your audience, to have the ability to connect with people like that very, very deliberately and, and get out there and get on other shows to talk about what you're doing. Like, for sure that's worth it. Um, yep. Even had, if it's for a few months. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, cause if you go, if you go in and, and hit it hard, I mean, again, garbage in garbage out, you hit it right. hard for a couple months, then that 20, <laughs> that 20 bucks is, uh, I mean, you know, we, we all can think of, uh, easy ways to drop 20 bucks. <laughs> Well, right, so, right. And I talked to other people that, that have signed up and they're like, yeah, I signed up. I didn't really like it. And then I said, I've booked um, like, so that's two, four, six, eight, uh, like 14 interviews. And I've, uh, I paid $12 and they've money. all been high quality, like absolutely high quality um, targeted guests that have like literally my show prep, if I wanted it to be like, I try to go a little beyond this, but um they write questions part of when you fill out the guest side like when you fill out your profile you have to put in um i think it's like eight questions i'm always ready to answer so like literally i could just copy and paste that over onto a document and ask them those and there we could have a conversation yeah and but, so and this is this is podmatch right and how long has yeah. this service been around is this something that's relatively new it's been around for a few I years think so. or? i think uh a, a year or two okay okay yeah, it's uh, it's pretty sweet. I got an affiliate code if you want. Because <laughs> I'm yeah, the biggest. Send it over. I'll sit whore. on it for future reference. Because it, it, at some point, I mean, um, you know, the, well, the, I'm the, thinking, what I do I'm as thinking. it is is changing. It's going to change again more in the future. It's always the ebb and flow. But yeah, if you've got some affiliate code, like send it my way. Up, and, and when I get to the point where I explore it, I'll I'll use it. Roll up that uh, online sales uh, of the crowd and go out peddle your crowd on interviews you know uh that's 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 probably the best uh that's not a that's a, that's a very good idea yeah i'll just say that i'll just say that you think you could make your 26 dollars back maybe highly likely i hope so <laughs> yeah highly likely <laughs> Oh man. Hey, we're up uh, at an hour and a half, man. You, uh, you time flies else you just wanna... like that. what's that? I said, time flies just like that. When there's good dialogue, it's amazing how quickly things fly by for sure, man. For sure. Um, I got a bunch of shit to do tonight still, and I'm guessing you probably got a little bit too. So maybe we should bit. wrap her up here. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to do this again. Um, I'm sure I'll have a cancellation at some point or something and I'll be like, Hey Rob, <laughs> You're give, free. Me a, give me a shout I'll, I'll jump on happy to fill the voids whenever need be because this is uh you know for not having for 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 not going about this in in the pod match way and having this uh, a lot of uh a, a lot of things planned out ahead i mean yeah i know you had some questions and things like that but a lot of this was just free talk and you know shooting the breeze it's uh like I said, when I came on, it's my pleasure to be here. I'm, ha I'm, I'm always happy to talk with you because nothing but good comes from it. So, um, you know, 
Thank you. I appreciate I it. I feel the same. I feel the same, man. And thank you for being here. Uh, man, we're all full of, we're all giving and thankful here at the Lots Project podcast. And uh... <laughs> all right, man. gratitude, man. It's good stuff. For sure. For sure. Hey, I really appreciate you being here. This has been Rob Kaiser and I'm Brian with the Lots Project podcast. We're going to sign off and uh, everybody have a fantastic night. 